Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. The Battle of Gettysburg was the bloodiest battle ever to occur on American soil. Although it ended over 150 years ago, the ghosts of those who lost their lives still remain. This is episode number 18 of Hometown Ghost Stories. The Civil War Ghosts, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Sachs Bridge, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, 2014. This place is supposedly haunted, Randall said as he pulled his Buick over to the side of the embankment about 30 feet from Sachs Bridge in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Can't we just drive across? asked Gina. Randall really wanted to check out the bridge, knowing the dark history and legend of its hauntings. No way, he said. Come on, let's check it out. He didn't give her a chance to object. He was out the door before she could protest, so she followed. It was after 11 p.m. and the moonlight was illuminating the landscape to reveal a thick mist stretching across the base of the bridge. Randall confidently approached the bridge entry and began telling Gina the story as she hesitantly followed. There were tons of deserters on both armies, he explained. It's not like the wars in Europe, where you couldn't desert because you'd be stuck in a foreign land. You had Northern Virginia guys witnessing their buddies getting blown to pieces in South Pennsylvania and being like, screw this, I'm going to walk home. It was too easy to abandon a ship, so it happened a lot. Gina was starting to trail behind, feeling more and more uncomfortable. What's that smell, she asked. Smells like pipe tobacco. I don't know, Randall said. Maybe someone was smoking a pipe or cigar or something. Anyways, he goes on. These three Confederate soldiers decide to desert after the first day of fighting in Gettysburg, but they don't get far. They were rounded up right over there, by the far end of the bridge. They weren't even given a chance to explain themselves. They were just strung up by their necks and hung from those support beams up there. Gina looked up, but couldn't see what he was pointing at because the mist had grown so heavy. "'Randall,' she said, spinning around. "'I can't see with all this fog. I want to get out of here.' Suddenly, something brushed up against her face." There was a loud creaking noise above her, and she reached out to see if she could feel what she had walked into, and grabbed hold of a pair of boots swinging right in front of her face. She screamed and ran back down the tunnel towards the car. She turned back to see if Randall was still with her, and in the dim glow of the moonlight at the end of the tunnel, she saw the silhouettes of the three men hanging from the rafters. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Founded in 1786, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania was named after Samuel Gettys, an early settler and tavern owner. It is now known for the bloodiest battle of the Civil War. During this battle, General Lee of the Confederacy was outnumbered 5-2, to two, but was confident due to the recent success his Virginia army had seen in recent battles. The Battle of Gettysburg happened in early July of 1863, 
lasted for three days and resulted in over 51,000 American casualties. The Jenny Wade House Jenny Wade was born in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where she lived at home with her mother, Mary, three brothers, and two sisters. Jenny's father, James, wasn't in the picture very often. A tailor by trade, James frequently had battles with the law, to the point that he was admitted into a mental institution over his erratic and troubling behavior. July 1st, 1863 When the Battle of Gettysburg began on July 1st of 1863, Mary Wade didn't feel like they were very safe as war was waging just outside of their house. So Mary packed up her family and took them to the home of the oldest Wade sister, Georgia Anna. Thinking it would be the safer of the two homes, Jenny and her mother helped look after Georgia and her five-day-old son while there. Later in the day, the battle changed direction and the Wades found themselves right in the middle of the gunfire. Jenny tried to remain calm and brought food and water to the Union soldiers, literally ducking bullets on her way in and out of the house. Artillery fire continued to shake the house all day. Jenny headed back to the kitchen to begin kneading dough to keep the supply of bread for the soldiers going. As she was doing so, a bullet zipped through the window and smacked into a bedpost just inches away from Georgia and her baby. Jenny rushed to check on her sister and the baby. After Georgia confirmed they were okay, Jenny returned to her dough. Suddenly, another bullet flew into the house, cracked through two door panels, and struck Jenny in the back and through her heart stopping it from beating. Georgia ran out of the bedroom and screamed, alerting the Union soldiers outside. They rushed in and escorted the remaining family members out through the back where they'd be safe from the Confederate gunfire. Jenny Wade would be the only civilian casualty of the three-day battle. May 4th, 2002 15-year-old Catherine wasn't particularly interested in the history of a war fought in a town she lived 3,000 miles from. But her parents dragged her all the way from Tahoe City, California to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania for a dumb tour. As they went into the Wade house, she reluctantly listened to the tragic story of Jenny Wade. As she listened, the story actually temporarily lured Catherine from her state of indifference and she became intrigued with the story. The blood still stained the original floorboards of the house where Jenny was struck down and the bullet hole was still in the door panel. The tour guide told the group that the legend was, if you stuck your finger in the bullet hole in the door, it will trigger some kind of paranormal interaction. Nobody volunteered to try, so the guide moved on. But Catherine was curious. As the group followed the tour guide into the next room, Catherine lingered behind and poked the bullet hole with her index finger. The wood was surprisingly smooth, probably from people touching it for over a century, but nothing happened. So she turned to rejoin the group. But as she turned around, the door bumped her in the back. She turned back toward the door to push it away, but it kept opening as if somebody were pushing it. At that point, Catherine tripped over her own feet and the door knocked her to the ground and slammed shut. She stood up and tried to open the door, but it was stuck. Suddenly, she felt a cold breeze on the back of her neck. She turned around and saw a pale woman walking across the room. The woman turned her head toward Catherine but didn't stop walking and asked if she was okay. Catherine was about to respond when her mother came back into the room, asking why she hadn't followed the tour guide. Catherine began to tell her mother that she was talking to the pale woman, but as she motioned back to her, the woman was no longer there. July 2nd, 1863. Devil's Den. 
Devil's Den is an area of the Gettysburg battlefield which saw heavy conflict on the second day of the battle. The position of Devil's Den was commanded by Brigadier General John Henry Hobart Ward and was located on the far end of the Union line. Before Confederate forces could even reach Devil's Den, they had to cross what is now known as the Triangular Field. Surges of southern troops from Alabama, Texas, Georgia, and Arkansas crossed the field, clashing with northern forces from Pennsylvania, Maine, and New York. As the Confederates came, they were rocked with Union artillery fire. Soldiers were literally vaporized with canister shot fired from the ridge ahead, and yet they still came, surging for the terrifying rocky terrain of the Devil's Den. The fight for the Devil's Den soon began as the battle progressed. The forbidding terrain and the sharp piles of jagged rocks created a maze for the troops on both sides. A cacophony of gunfire erupted. The lines were broken, first into regiments, and then it was man against man. The boulders provided numerous hiding places and ambush spots, and men ran from boulder to boulder, ducking and shooting as they ran, never knowing if enemy or ally lay around the next corner. As the Texas soldiers rolled up the hill toward the Union position, they were struck by the 124th New York, who quickly withdrew from the brutality of the Confederate charge. This created a vacuum for the Alabama regiments to fill, and they swept right in and charged into the boulders beyond. A barrage of artillery and gunfire rained down on them, but they managed to get through, but not without earning the nickname, the Slaughter Pen. The Confederate men hid amongst the boulders of Devil's Den and tormented the Union forces with their sharpshooters. They controlled the ridge, but wouldn't hold it for long. The Federal forces countercharged, and the Maine and Pennsylvania troops pushed the Confederates back. The rocks of the Devil's Den had become a slaughterhouse. Bodies were strewn across the boulders, and they had tumbled down into the wedges between them. After hours of bloody conflict, the Confederates finally controlled the position. The fight for Devil's Den may have been the most confusing and intense battle of the day. But even stranger were the reports from the men ordered to stand guard that night. The ominous tangle of looming rocks cast macabre shadows, and many of the men later spoke of unsettling sounds as they shared the grounds with the dead bodies of their fallen friends and enemies. It is now believed to be one of the most active areas of the battlefield in terms of paranormal activity, and is one of the most haunted locations in Gettysburg as a whole. Some of the witness reports include phenomena such as the sound of drums and gunshots, camera malfunctions, and even items being pulled from visitors' hands by unseen forces. One couple visited the Devil's Den in 1997. They encountered a man dressed in Civil War attire and assumed he was a battle reenactor. They asked if they could take a picture with him, and he smiled. They snapped the picture on their disposable camera. They turned to thank the man, and again, he smiled. As they were walking away, the husband turned to ask the man if he could point them in the direction of the Wade house, but the man was gone. The couple found that strange since they had only turned away from him a few seconds prior, but didn't put too much thought into it. Until the pictures were developed a few days later, and they noticed the man didn't appear in the picture they took with him. July 2nd, 1863. The battle for Little Round Top. Late in the afternoon heat on a rocky hillside... Union Colonel Joshua Chamberlain led his 20th Maine Regiment in what may have been the most famous counterattack of the Civil War. Chamberlain's regiment had been charged with defending the Union Army's flank on the far left side of the battlefield, up on the hill known as Little Round Top. At first, some of the soldiers in the regiment thought it would be a boring day, but they soon learned that the Confederate General Longstreet planned to direct his attack at the Union flank to take position on Little Round Top. 
Colonel Chamberlain's regiment had the tactical advantage of defending from an elevated position, and they repelled attack after attack. The Confederates would charge up the hill, and the Union would push them back with musket fire. But with each charge, the main regiment would lose men and ammunition. It got to the point where Colonel Chamberlain was told there wouldn't be enough ammunition to fend off another charge. Abandoning the position wasn't an option because it would leave the rest of the army open to be destroyed from behind, so Colonel had to make a decision. As the rebel yell emanated from the trees at the base of the hill, Chamberlain turned to his regiment and ordered them to attach their bayonets. They were going to charge the enemy. The men of the regiment were stunned by the command, but they did as they were told and followed Chamberlain down the hill, full speed to meet the enemy who would be even more shocked than they were. The Confederates were completely thrown off by the unconventional Union response and were thoroughly trounced, ending the bloody battle of Little Round Top. 1993 While filming the 1993 movie, Gettysburg, starring Martin Sheen and Jeff Daniels, a few film extras were standing at the base of Little Round Top after a day of acting. An old man wearing a ragged uniform approached them, and one of the actors thought to himself that his costume was really good compared to his own. The man began talking about how intense the battle was, and a number of the actors noticed a distinct sulfur smell as he was talking. The man spoke with an unusual dialect, and the film extras just assumed he was really into his role. One of the witnesses later mentioned he thought the man might not have been an extra, but rather one of the bigger actors in the film that he just didn't recognize. Another extra must have thought the same thing, because he asked the man who he was playing in the film. The man didn't answer. He stared, almost like he was looking through him at something off in the distance. Suddenly, the man reached into his pocket and pulled out a fistful of ammunition and handed it to the men. They took the ammunition and looked down at it. It was heavy and cold. Is this real? One guy asked. But as the man looked up, the ragged man was gone. The next day on set, they showed the bullets to the production assistants who asked where they got it. They said one of the actors handed it to them. The production assistant told them that the ammo was not prop ammo from the film set and sent it off to the history experts who confirmed it was authentic ammo from the 1860s. July 3rd, 1863. Pickett's Charge. Confederate General Robert E. Lee was frustrated with his failures of the past two days. Lieutenant General Stewart had failed to fulfill his task of scouting the Union forces, leaving General Lee in the dark regarding what he was up against, resulting in the disaster of the past two days. General Lee told Lieutenant General Longstreet he wished to hit the Union Army in the center since they had bulked up their forces on the left and right sides to fend off possible flank attacks. Longstreet vehemently disagreed with this tactic since the Confederate infantry would have to march across a mile of open terrain to reach the Union center line leaving them wide open to an artillery barrage. Lee explained the only other option was retreat, which was not an option. Longstreet had no choice. Virginia General George Pickett and his divisions were among the only ones who were fresh enough for the task. So they, along with the divisions of Generals Isaac Trimble and James Pettigrew under the command of General Longstreet, were to charge the Union Center. Longstreet called for a pre-assault bombardment of artillery fire to snuff out Union artillery forces and attempt to soften up any counterattack from the north during the charge. Union General George Meade caught on to what the Confederates were planning and ordered his artillery to cease fire, tricking Longstreet into thinking the Union's artillery had been destroyed. General Pickett took the bait and requested permission to charge from Longstreet, who reluctantly nodded. 
Pickett charged, and the Virginia divisions were obliterated in what was possibly the biggest blunder of the entire war. To this day, phantom cannon fire can be heard on the field where Pickett's men were slaughtered, and the town of Gettysburg has become a legend, not only because of the men and women who lost their lives in 1863, but also because of their ghosts that were left behind. Ghost Stories episode number 18. That was Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Video done by uh, Mr. Dave Wilkins himself, who joins me along with Rob Coakley. What's up, gentlemen? Hello. Hello, Rob. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to say it. I just want to <laughs> just want to talk about these ghosts. Yeah. Let's talk about some ghosts. It's the most haunted house in America. Um <laughs> It always is. Always is. Uh, but this one is, is you know, most people that go to Gettysburg now go there for the ghost tours. Uh, I made that up that most people. I But it is one of the huge attractions uh, that uh, people do go down yeah, there Yeah, you're for. absolutely right about that. That's that's one of the more popular ones. I figured we would get to this uh, this area eventually just because, you know, it's, it's one of the, like you said, it's a huge tourist attraction for people that are looking to find ghosts. And obviously they go there for the history of it as well. But a, yeah. a lot of the most famous like ghost sighting pictures and footage and uh, claims come from Gettysburg. Yep, and we could do another one in the future because I only covered four out of like over a dozen different locations and stories. Um, so I mean, but that's what we got. So uh, we can yeah. always go to Gettysburg in the future as well. We could. It's not that not that far from us. It's not um, that far. I was working in that area, so I was in that area a year ago this month and I was there for two weeks and I was not able to get to Gettysburg and I regret it. Like every time I think about it, I'm just like, man, I really should have found a way to get over there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's something you got to really make a day of at least because of all the different, um, just all the different stories and all the different areas. Like there's, I think three or four different, um, hotels that were inns back in the day and they used during the war they they uh, changed those inns over into hospitals so there's just a ton of activity there a lot of uh, bigger ghost investigation uh, teams do those inns they'll just book it for a weekend or longer and they get there's just tons of stuff i read a whole book i was actually going to mention it in the uh, episode but it didn't make the cut but uh, i read a whole book on, on, on a ghost investigation at one of the hotels that i think was the fairfield in um, yeah, there's quite a few of those inns that were turned when there's also the uh, Belladary Inn. Um, that was, uh, it served as a uh, Union Field Hospital. So you can only imagine how many people died within these uh, these buildings. Yeah, so the Battle of Gettysburg altogether was fifty one over 51,000 casualties, which was actually, there were more casualties at Gettysburg than there were American deaths in Normandy, which is not mind-blowing. Um and out of that 51,000, you had uh, 7,058 fatalities, 33,000 were uh, wounded, uh, which ended up, a lot of those ended up being fatalities also. And then there were 10,790 missing, but the missing one is what's crazy because there were not 10,790 desertions. There were, I, I would bet a small percentage of that number were desertions where the missing comes into play is they had 
what's called canister shot. And um, so they take, they use cannonballs to take out enemy artillery. So they'd shoot balls that was, but you wouldn't use cannonballs on infantry troops. It'd be a waste. Um, it would be like shooting flies with a nine millimeter. But um, so they would have what was called canister shot. And what canister shot is, it's basically like the shot, the cannon version of shotgun shells. They're these big ass canisters and they'd fill them with like um, musket balls. So they would fire this and it would just vaporize groups yeah. of people just Jeez. liquefied like and that's what the that's what a lot of that missing was this was such a if bloody people, people don't realize that this was all within what three days three days Gettysburg. so it's like like when you hear like oh there's there's many thousands of people died we're like yeah okay so you know it was a battlefield during the war you think it lasted however long the the, the war lasted and it's it's not this this gettysburg was was just three days and it was so many deaths in this area and uh, just to get back to the, some of the, I actually, I kind of want to talk about some of these inns. Um, so the, the first one that I was mentioned there, Belladarian, uh, the owner now has collected dozens of stories and photos um, of the gold sea encounters that happened there. And um, it appears to be haunted by Confederate soldiers that they were actually buried underneath uh, a nearby tennis court on the property. So that's uh that is the, the, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Belladarian, <clears throat> Um, the other one that was turned into a hospital, I believe was the cash town in, um, might be wrong about that. No, I think all of the ends in that area were turned into hospitals. You had the Confederate side and the, yep. you also um, had the, the Daniel lady farm was also a field hospital. Um, those were soldiers who suffered from artillery wounds. Uh, a lot of them chest wounds and they had lost limbs. They were brought to the farm to recover, suffer through the final moments of their lives. The farm hosts and burn. Uh, has now they've seen their share of ghastly horror and there's the ghost of uh general isaac uh ewell 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 uh yeah. and his uh corpse of ten thousand of ten thousand ghosts reportedly haunt the farm <laughs> i wonder where they came up with that number that's a lot i want to I I meet the medium that yeah. counted so there's very few and i was listening to the guy who wrote the book um ghosts of gettysburg and he was saying that there you know so many people died but very few of these ghosts they can pin on a certain person like oh this is the ghost of this general that haunts this area there's only one that they're like pretty sure is a certain guy i'm not i don't really remember which guy that was but they know uh, maybe but um and the reason is is because most of the people that died were just you know no disrespect to them but no name so they don't know who they were there's just a bunch of people who died so you know over time um yeah, it's just another instance of the record keeping at the time being not what it is today, right. obviously. They, like, they know there's a ghost, but in, in, there's been so many accounts of people spotting, you know, soldiers and thinking it's someone reenacting or something like that. And then when they look back, they're gone. There was a ghost tour down there that um, they were walking the grounds and they walk up to uh, an old building and... They're like, oh yeah, if you look inside the windows, sometimes you see ghosts. And and all the people on the tour were like too scared to run up to the building. So there was a couple of kids and these three kids, they ran up. They're like, oh yeah, there's people in there. And the, the caretaker's like, no, nah, nobody's in there. The, this is after hours. No one's in there. Like, no, there's three of them. There's one standing. There's one sitting at the table eating. And there's uh there's one that is uh is sitting, but he's not on a chair. He's just like, he was just like sitting, like just not on the floor, but like as if he was in like a ghost chair or something like that. And um, eventually they got brave enough and they went over and they looked at it and everyone, everyone on the tour saw it. And then another tour came by later that night and they're like, Hey, you got to check out that building. We all saw ghosts inside there. And they went there and they confirmed that they saw it too. 
So I don't know if there's pictures of this event, but that was just one, one of the stories that the, um, the author of that book wrote. And this guy, um, who wrote the actual book, he, um, he created a bunch of tours and stuff. He doesn't guide the tours, but he, um, owns them and he has a whole bunch of employees and they do multiple tours every night. So back to what you said about so much tourism is because of the paranormal aspect on these grounds that, uh, absolutely holds water. If you're able to do multiple tours per night. Yeah, it is definitely one of the main attractions. I said it was the most, <laughs> the reason that most people go down there. It's probably not true, but the, uh, not, yeah. it certainly is, uh, a lot. I, uh, I like that we found out tonight that you're not only a liar, but you're also a boomer because you couldn't shut off the TikTok live. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. We're learning. You know, I'm not, we're new to TikTok. So, Captain McSlow says, says Imagine finding out your house is haunted by a ghost chair. Ghosts <laughs> <laughs> show that there's not just ghosts, there's also ghost furniture that the ghosts will sit at and eat their ghost dinner. It just appears randomly in the middle of the night when you're trying to go to the bathroom and just trips you ever all the time. That's what a ghost yeah, pretty annoying. Yeah. That'd be pretty annoying. Crazy uh, fact about these uh, haunted yeah. inns that were ch- turned into field hospitals is the uh, reports during the time. So basically whenever there was an injury, a war injury, they're not trying to like fix it. They're just chopping the limb off and they would just chop limbs off and toss them out windows. And there were just piles of limbs outside these hospitals stacked up to the second story. Which is that's crazy. terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. People, yeah, they, you know, you hear, yeah, bloodiest battle ever, blah blah blah, and it's it's just it was probably they say you could smell the bodies rotting from for t- like like in Hanover, which is miles from uh, not Hanover, Massachusetts, but obviously, yeah. but uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania, which is miles miles away. When I was in Pennsylvania, you could still smell it. I bet that's how bad it is there. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the Jenny Wade house. You had mentioned that one. Yes, that's there was the a pretty one. cool story that was you know modern day of that girl who went on the tour. Um, tell me about uh, about Jenny Wade. I had another story I wanted to talk about, but I'll find that while whilst you discuss the Jenny Wade house. So uh, the Jenny Wade house uh, was discussed in the episode that we just watched. So without being redundant, um, yeah, she basically. Why are you was, so angry at Jesse? <laughs> What? You, you just sound so angry. You're just like without sounding redundant. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I'm trying not to like repeat myself. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so it sucks about this story is that they obviously being the only civilian casualty of the of that battle is unfortunate. That's like the opposite of winning the lottery. Um, that is that they left a house where they probably would have been safe and went to what they thought was going to be a safer house and ended up. Uh, costing Jenny her life. Um, and it's just, it's a really sad story. She, um, she was the one who was running back and forth to, to try and help the soldiers, the soldiers out by bringing them bread and whatnot. And there was one report where she uh, told her sister with the baby, she's like, I will be, I will go out there and do this because you have a brand new baby. And if one of us is going to die, it should be me, not you. Ooh, and and ended, up, was. ended up being that way. So that was a really sad which has um, to haunt her sister for just the rest of her life. Yeah. So the um, the theory actually is that it's not Jenny's ghost that haunts. Well, there are theories that it is Jenny's ghost. So they say that you know if you if you stick your finger in the bullet hole, you'll see a woman in a white dress uh, at some point. So they say that could be Jenny. Um, you know, it could be. And I mean, all of the people who are in the house are now dead, so it could be any of them. Um, they also say that there's um, a darker 
um, entity in that house also, which they believe is the ghost of Jenny's father, who was not a very nice person in and out of jail gambler. Um, you know, cause gambler's, in general, I was just not, about to say, well, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> Rob likes to gamble, but he's a uh, he's not a he's not a bad guy. So um, they, there's theories that it's actually her father that haunts the house, uh, and he's not very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the Jenny Wade house. Ah, so the story that I was looking at is not in the book that I was just flipping through. I, I must have read it on a, uh, a website, but the uh, you just read that entire book. I, I just read the whole seconds. book. Anyways, the uh, the sniper who was shooting at the house um, was in a house across. I don't know if you read about this. No, and they ended up finding him and taking him out. But now he, the 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 shooter, is supposed to haunt the house across the street as well. And that was kind of a cool fact. I wish I, I wish I had the story pulled up cause I would have gave you more specifics on it. But um, what is that sniper doing? Like, don't you have like better shit to do? Like you lost the war I and mean, you could have been helping like shoot the actual soldiers and not at this point. He's like a murderer, right? He's just yeah, shooting into a civilian house. So, um, this is the, the house that the, that they actually like, you can stay at and there's been investigations at. On one TV, of them, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a, yeah, I think there's you could do investigations there. I know you can do ghost tours there. Um, I actually don't know if you can book it for an investigation. Probably, it's like I, one of the main. I think, I, I think I've seen people investigate it. So, it's like mm. you said, though, there's so much there that it, it's tough to keep track of where they're actually investigating because Gettysburg yeah. is just so bananas crazy with the amount of. Uh, the amount of haunted places that it offers. Yeah. You also have the Gettysburg hotel, which has a, uh, the ghost of a woman who's been seen dancing in the hotel's ballroom. That'd be such a cool ghost sighting. That would be creepy. Dancing ghost, uh, paranormal investigators believe the spirit of union soldier, James Culbertson of company K Pennsylvania still roams around the hotel. I wonder what details they find on these people that, that has, yeah, that lead them to that specific, that specific, like out of, you know, the, 51,000 people that it possibly could have been. They're like, yeah, this has got to be this guy. And I'm not saying that they're inaccurate. I'm just curious as to how they, mm-hmm. uh, how they Fox came to that. If there's uh, animal ghosts, like uh, dead horses, anything. We got one of those in um, at the San Antonio Cathedral. There was a, a, a horse ghost. Any horse ghosts or any kind of ghostly animals that you've uh, read about while doing your research on this one there, David? Uh, uh, none come to mind, I don't think. I've read about them on the battlefields of Gettysburg where you can hear the horses like riding in the battle. Yeah. A lot of reports of hearing cannon fire, smelling cigars, smelling smoke, hearing screams and um, all the kind of stuff that you might expect from a battlefield. And um, a lot of stuff over at, uh, was it devil's den? That was one of the the most haunted. Really? They say, yeah, you get the, um, People see sightings of uh, soldiers. You hear the cannon fire. You hear the musket fire. Like in times where you wouldn't. Like obviously, there's there's tons of civil war reenactments all the time over there. So you got to kind of wonder, like, are they just hearing a reenactment off in the distance? Mm-hmm. But you know, they're heard at night. They don't do reenactments at night. Um, but there's, uh, yeah, the Devil's Den. Is, yeah, they say uh, it's cursed because of, um, I guess, one of the the photos that was actually taken. I think we had a superimposed version of that, which showed like car and it was split with a bunch of photos of dead soldiers. Yeah. One of the photos that they took, they actually took the dead soldiers and dragged them to that spot just to take the photo. 
Oh, really? And, uh, they say they say that's that's one of the reasons that that area might be cursed is because you know they they just doing messed up stuff with the dead bodies, and it left some uh, some angry spirits that are still angry to this day, still lurking at the Devil's Den. So and what that, amazing! That's the creepiest name of all these. Yeah, I was just gonna too. say that yeah. name is amazing. Yep, and that's not a uh, ghost name. That's what that area was called at the time of the war. Um, and I think they called it that because of, it was just like all the looming rocks and whatnot. It was just uh, ended up being a bloodbath, obviously, like the whole war was. But um, so one of the big theories about why this place is so haunted, and it's the theory that if I'm going to jump on board with a, with a, a ghost being real theory, it's this one. It's the stone tape theory. Um, basically, it's the theory when we've, we've briefly talked about it a couple of times um, on here, and it's that the area that Gettysburg is on is on a whole bunch of uh, quartz in this kind of rock that this rock absorbs energy and retains energy. So the theory, the stone tape theory is that, um, so when the, when a human dies, your body releases all the energy um, in the form of heat, which makes this why the bodies cool off when they're dead. All the energy escapes in the form of heat. And if you have a rock nearby that absorbs energy, it's absorbing that a lot of that energy is going to get absorbed into the rocks. So the stone tape theory is that if somebody dies and when you die, your body releases like something like 10 times the energy that um, it produces when you're living. Um, obviously, because if you're all the energy left your body while you're alive, you would die. <laughs> so um, all of that death that happened at once, this, all this quartz just absorbed all this massive amount of energy all at once and basically and recorded into the rocks. Basically just recorded yeah. into the rocks. That's why they call can, it stone tape, because it's yeah. like a tape recording. The same way that a, a, a you know tape recording would take place is it makes, obviously, you're di- dealing with vocal levels and audible um, impressions that go on, go on to make a tape recording. Right. But with and this, it's like ex- if it's... I'm sorry, I, I'm going to let you finish, but, the, but it, would, it would be like an overly emotional or traumatic event that would create an impression in the rocks in a certain kind of rocks. And you were saying that this place devil's done. I mean, we saw the pictures where it was all sorts of rocks yep. that those are the, t- the right kind to make that kind of impression. That could be not the the above the surface rocks, but the, like the, the ground underneath, there's a lot of quartz and limestone and whatnot. And that's the, that's the kind of rocks that do um, absorb the energy. So that would explain possibly could possibly explain, um, the phantom cannon shots, the phantom musket shots, cr- voices, and possibly even um, visual things too. So we, we don't, I don't really know how it would work. If it's this- a, according to Wikipedia, the, it, it's recorded under the rocks and other items, and it can be replayed under certain conditions. And that would make you wonder if that's something with people trying to rile these things up whether it has anything to do with that or if it's actually just talking like scientifically or if it's just about the stone tape theory then maybe it has something to do with the heightened energy when a big group is terrified and their you know emotions are all over the place maybe that causes something to replay it and then it's a theory i think you just uh heightened dave's energy when you kanye him in the middle of his explanation no that was fine that was cool (laughs) it's a conversation not a lecture adding to it (laughs) no it's all it's all good um but yeah, I think that's the most compelling theory um, when it comes to ghosts. And uh, yeah, you pinch <laughs> Andrew's comment there. Um, well, you got to read it out loud because we have podcast listeners. Yeah, so uh, if you pinch both ends of the rock, it takes a screenshot. 
That's very, yeah, that's the, uh, and they've all just shut it off. So that's great. <laughs> Good show guys. <laughs> the stone iPhone theory, stone yes. iPhone theory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then which other location? So we talked about a few of the different battles there. Which, which one is, so would you say devil's den you think is the most haunted? Which one's your favorite location out of the ones that you talked about? Uh, devil's den or Saks bridge. Bridges are fun. Bridges are fun. So uh, this, the Saks Bridge one is, is especially creepy because it's got that, uh, just uh, obviously that that one particular event. I mean, the battle wasn't fought at Saks Bridge, so really the the only um, the only thing that went down there was that instance of the three deserters being hanged for d- desertion. Um, but yeah, that was it's just a cool it's a cool looking bridge. The bridge survived through you know 150 years of floods and storms and you know to have an old structure like that although fun fact the bridge did wash away during one storm down the river and they recovered it and put it back, it back. <laughs> yeah. i think at that point that's when you build a new bridge i mean I guess it's historical so they did like technically island. build a new bridge but they built the new bridge out of what they recovered from the old bridge and they built it as a replica to be the exact same bridge which is good because yeah you know, so they took history is nice and then put it back together yeah so i guess that's why you do it but that might be a um it might be a glaring reminder that your bridge is not safe if it can just get washed away. Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, like a hurricane or something like that. So right, right, right. every single bridge in the area got got washed away, including that one. Hmm. Um, and the theory of the smell of cigar smoke, pipe smoke, is they believe that is the pipe of Robert E. Lee. Don't know why. That sounds more like some folklore to me. Yeah, because yeah, they, they know the name. Yeah. Just to why? stay consistent here, it's like when, when you – get into these things and you start putting a name to a certain person. It's like, well, why is it him and not the thousands of other people that probably right. smoked cigars as well at the time? You've got to assume that Robert E. Lee didn't even have anything to do with the incident on, on Saxbridge. We're like, we got these three deserters, get the general in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he had some bigger things probably to, wasn't involved. to worry about. But that's more like one of the, I mean, I, I say it just cause it's, out, it's yeah. out there. The one that was identified was a really cool story. I wish I could remember which ghost, uh, or which general it actually was, but um, another reason why you could only identify these certain ghosts as certain generals is because really at that time, only the higher ups were getting photographed. So you might have, or, or identified in the photographs. So if you're looking at a photograph, you're like, well, that was the ghost, but I don't have a name next to him. So, uh, but the, the ghost story was uh, two different people on the same night, saw the same thing. So that they were sleeping in um, the house where he died and they woke up to like just a, a head floating and, oh, and I had a distinct mustache and everything. Yes. And I don't want to get the story too wrong, but then another person had the exact same encounter like later on that night. And that sounds like the West Point ghost. Kind of. Yeah. It does kind of sound like that where they saw the head and chest floating and pretty much actually every single one of these generals that we're talking about were West Point graduates. That's interesting. So there's your, your tie in ties back into what was that episode four? Yeah. Also a very cool episode. Mm. Nice. Well, that's Gettysburg. I, like, this so, is another, go ahead. So I want to bring something up that is completely off topic. And now I, now that I can officially derail the show. Yes. Um, I have to share the hotel that I saw when I went towards Gettysburg, because we're never going to cover this. We're never going to see not? it again. Well, because it's not really, I don't know if it's haunted, but it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. 
So this is called Granny's oh, I remember Hotel. This. Do you remember this? I do. Look at this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sculpture that's outside. Will you look at this? Can you believe that they put this sculpture outside of a hotel and they expect you to stay there? What are we doing, Pennsylvania? I would stay there specifically because that sculpture is there, but that's just because I enjoy these kinds of things. I mean, uh, I do too, but <laughs> real quick, before the adult KR face. Uh, <laughs> uh, KR came over from TikTok and he was watching the whole time. He says, thanks. It was an awesome video. Appreciate the support, man. And uh, welcome in. Hope you I, stick around for more I think that's a girl, episodes. but nice job. He or she. Yeah. We don't know. Oh, I just read the initials. Thanks, friend. She or he. Anyways, uh, Dude, yeah, that hotel looks awesome, and I don't know what you're talking about, but I would absolutely stay there. So <laughs> if you uh, missed it on the show notes, maybe we'll uh, – I mean, if you're not watching and you're an audio listener, we'll – If you're listening, look, look up Granny's Motel or Hotel, and uh, it's in Frackville, Pennsylvania, because, of course, it's in Frackville, Pennsylvania. What other town would it be in? Frackville. They love fracking down there. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Gettysburg. Um we had uh, another another big week on TikTok, speaking of uh, KR and new viewers that came in from TikTok, and we have eclipsed 50,000 followers. Actually, we've eclipsed 52,000 followers. So continued success on TikTok, and we thank you guys so much for checking that out. And if you guys came over from there, again, thank you and welcome into the stream. And um, Like, subscribe, review. We'll Absolutely. Very much appreciated. We, Anything else you want to touch on there, Dave, on your uh, – very no, we 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 uh we touched on everything I wanted to touch on, and we left a lot on the table for a possible future episode. So mm-hmm. we're going to call this one part one, but don't have to. Absolutely. Uh, coming up next week, we have Vermont from you there, Rob. Yeah. Um, so we are doing Stowe, Vermont, the Green Mountain Inn, Emily's Bridge, and we actually went and stayed there a couple weeks ago. So not only is it an actual episode of the history of these two places, there is an investigation video as well. There is. And uh, we got some, uh, some very cool stuff, which, um, which I'm excited to share with, with we'll, folks. kind we'll of step, talk, the burn, step the we'll, bar investigation tactics in this one. So go ahead. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but I'm always amazed by how much on an investigation that I just forget right when we're done. And then I start remembering as I go back and look at the footage. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. That and the extra stuff that we find when reviewing the stuff. That that too. We leave so many locations just disappointed. Like, oh, man, we didn't really get anything. But let me go review the footage. I'm like, holy shit. We did. (laughs) Like Houghton Mansion. We went back and found the the knocking responding to me. I didn't hear any knocking. It was just like, then you hear, like, we go back. I was like, oh, man, it was knocking back. Yikes. Yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and then the week after that, I'm going to cover the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is a great one. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of history tied to that one. A lot of deaths, so it'll probably get banned from TikTok as well. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna hype it because the week after that, Dave's going to be doing the Sally House, which is to me one of the most interesting stories in America, to be honest. So. so- it will either be Sally House or Amityville Horror. I'm not sure which order I'm doing oh them in. Oh my god, do Sally House. Don't be a Sally. <sighs> All right. Nice one, Rob. I like that. I'll do <laughs> Sally House. And yeah. then in nine nine weeks from now we'll be Amityville Horror. <laughs> so hold your breath. <laughs> Count down the days. <laughs>
Anyways, yeah. that's uh, episode 18 of Hometown Ghost Stories. If you haven't already, leave us a review on iTunes. We need as many reviews as we can get there so we can keep pumping the podcast. The podcast is doing very well, and we thank you guys for the uh, heightened success in such short order with this show, which is good because it keeps us motivated because we put a lot of time and effort into these true. videos and the, all the production on it because we do it all ourselves. And a lot of these podcasts, they'll outsource and get someone to produce their music or produce their graphics or produce their videos, edit, chop, even edit their podcast. And we're, we're doing it all ourselves. So it is a ton of work. So, you know, if you really like it, you want to see more, consider Patreon. Patreon? We need some Patreon people. You know? Yeah. If you sign up to the Patreon, we'll, uh, we'll shit on whatever podcast you want us to shit on off stream. So let's no problem. Yeah, one, of, one of the perks. That's one of the perks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that will do it for this week. Uh, Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe and all that fun stuff. And we will catch you guys next time for another episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. We'll see you guys. Peace.